0: Here you go. The Cardinal Way. Nothing personal. Word of the day is the Cardinal Way, not the hard way. The Cardinal Way. It is Thursday, June 15th, 2023. We don't lead often with the Cardinals. You know how I love St. Louis, the people of St. Louis. One of my favorite places to go, hang out. The Cardinals have lost their way and I'm McLovin' it. I try not to be petty. It's hard when you're in the game for a long time. You make a lot of uh, not real life enemies cause you're all really in the same sport and you're trying to like as many people as you can. You're really competitive with people but the Cardinals were like my big brother shared spring training with them. They were always doing better than we were. They always held themselves out as this super organization. They had the greatest fan base of any fan base. And I've said it, apologies to Boston, to New York, to Chicago, the Cardinal fans, the number one. We used to hate, we would check into the hotel. Side note here, Coca, a little Cardinal memory. We would stay at a hotel right near the ballpark and uh, you, the team bus would pull in and everybody's wearing red. And then for us to get to the ballpark, we'd have a team bus even though it was two minutes away, but most of the players would walk and we'd walk to the park uh, to Busch Stadium always for games. And I've never said anything like it. Everybody's wearing red, there's these sculpts, there's these statues of, of some of the players who they used to have, such great history, such great winning World Series. And they were so cocky, the front office. Now, not Bill Dewitt and Bill Dewitt uh, Junior., his son, or Bill Dewitt Junior. and Bill Dewitt the third, father son combination owner, president of the team, but Tony Larusa and even John Mazeliak, they're just well jockety before him. They just have this way, and they thought that they were the only team that had a way. So, am I reveling in the fact that they've lost their way just a teeny tiny bit? And I don't want to be petty, but I want to tell you why they've lost their way and then see if they can get it back. Two things happened in the last couple of days that should be of great concern if you are a Cardinal fan. That said, if you're a Cardinal fan, you have zero to complain about. The number of rings that you've gotten, World Series victories, playoff appearances, Mark McGuire, Albert Pujols, I could go on. But you know what we're talking about. We would go, do you know that uh, there's something in Bush Stadium uh, called, and McDonald's sponsors it. It's called uh, maybe the Big Mac land. It's in the left field upper deck. And there's a sign, as I recall, that said it's, it's Big Mac or Mac something. And it was started with McGuire who would hit them up there. And our players would be in the clubhouse before batting practice in St. Louis and they'd be talking about, all right, we're going to try to get as many as we can in BP. You don't talk about it during the game because it's quite difficult to get it there during a game, but they would have contests about how many balls they could deposit into the seats in the Big Mac land. So the Cardinals come into this season with the NL Central being terrible and the thought that the Cardinals were going to win the division, chosen by me to win the division. They've got the reigning MVP. They've got arenado who decided to stay with the cardinals which of course he was going to stay but two of the best players in baseball arenado you likely won't see a better third baseman in your life and they are 15 games under 500 and it's not early in the season we're now approaching the halfway point 81 games halfway point these guys have played they're in the 70s now so we're approaching halfway and The change that happened from last year to this year, and I was picturing how the Cardinals were going to do it. They had Yadier Molina, who was the staple of their franchise. He was there for 35 or 40 years. He started playing when he was zero and and made the Cardinals, and he was their catcher, and he was their heart and soul. He leaves, and the Cardinals got together at the front office, and they said, we've got an idea. We're not going to build from within. We're not going to plan at all for his departure because he's gonna be here forever. Oh no, let's sign the top catching free agent. So they went out and they made the Cubs weaker, themselves stronger, and they gave $87.5 million to Wilson Contreras. And they appointed him 489. And the Cardinals anointed Wilson Contreras as the heir apparent to Yadier Molina. He comes in with a ton of pressure and he has been mediocre. Not exactly what they had hoped, although I'm not sure what they had hoped. To the point where last month we gave you a little segment where he was, maybe it was last week. I can't remember what time it was or when it was. Do you remember that ill-fated moment when they said that he's no longer going to catch? He's going to be our DH. And then a week later they said, all right, he's back to being our catcher. that's not how the Cardinals have ever operated. They have always had a plan. They've stuck to the plan. That's what made me so jealous of them is they knew what they were doing and they were positive about what they were doing. I would have preferred the lack of cockiness, but that said, they understood that in baseball, you cannot be a victim of the moment because in baseball, there's so many moments that happen during the course of a season. It's so long, such a grind. You can't go one way and then the other, then the other based on performance for a game or a week, you just can't do it. So Wilson Contreras admitted something publicly that we would caution a player, be very careful doing this because it's hard to ever put the toothpaste back in the tube, hard to unring the bell. He made the rare admission that he had lost his confidence. He said, this is my first time since I've been in the big leagues that I've struggled this bad. I think I've lost my confidence and I lost my trust and lost the trust that I came into the season with. It just went away. So if I saw that a player was saying that, the first thing I would do is call our psychologist and I would make sure that he would find a way or she or they would find a way to speak to the player, see if we can get the player to sit down one-on-one. I would do it outside the ballpark, see if they would meet because in baseball, that's one of the top three things we're looking for when we are evaluating a player. Forgetting the tools, the pedigree, the raw power, the glove, the arm, the velocity. Forget the physical part. What you're looking for when you're evaluating whether a player should be on your team, should not be your team, whether you're going to sign that player, how much you're going to invest in that player, you are looking at how strong they are up here. Nothing personal with David Sampson YouTube channel up here in the brain. You never want to acknowledge weakness and that goes counter to my view in life Where it's okay to admit that you're wrong it's okay to admit that you don't know something i love that in the corporate world or in your personal life just saying i don't know but for the athletes on the field we don't want them saying that and the reason is that when you're an opponent of the cardinals and you know that there is someone who has a weakness we're looking for in scouting physical weaknesses and mental weaknesses. If we know that someone has a confidence issue, we are gonna approach them when they're hitting a little differently than if they're very confident. And the way we would do that is that we will sometimes pitch to a player's strength. If a player is in a slump, and we know the player has a hot zone where they love spin and they love spin away, or let's say they love a fastball in instead of the approach of not giving them what they want, what they expect, we're gonna give it right to them, watch them make out, which they've got the odds of making out anyway, making an out anyway, 70% if you're doing well, 75% if you're doing fine this day and age, and 80% if you're the majority of baseball, it seems. So when you give a player a pitch where they are used to doing something with it and then they don't, it digs their hole even deeper. And that is a good thing. You want that for your opponents. So Contreras acknowledging it gives opposing teams an opportunity to do that, to further exploit his weakness. Will teams do it? Should they do it? Two different questions, I'm a yes on both. So the Cardinals find themselves 15 games under. And the question is, what do they do? So one of the things that you can do is have your team leader, the veteran, the one who's making the money, try to say something to the teammates in a closed door meeting and then try to say something publicly. That's one approach. You can completely ignore it and wait and send your GM out. And at the deadline, when you are gonna try to sell the deadline to bring in some players, you can then say, hey, we have waited, we have waited, we have waited, we can't wait anymore. We are going to acknowledge that this team does not deserve help. We're acknowledging that this team needs help. And so we are going to wallow in the disappointment while setting ourselves up for next year, which starts, don't forget, the trade deadline early August. Spring training starts mid-February. You're talking about six months. Six months is all it is till spring training when you're at the trade deadline of the season before. So the Cardinals said, Let's start with the former. Let's see if we can get Nolan Arenado to say something. And here's what he said yesterday. Nolan Arenado was pretty clear in his view of what the problem is. And he said that this is, I don't know if you'd call it a stretch anymore. It's just bad baseball. We've been playing bad baseball for a while now. Do I think we can play better baseball with the players we have in here? Sure, but that remains to be seen. So what is that telling your fan base? We could be sellers. We should be sellers. Don't be surprised when we are sellers. It's a great strategy. It gets the players ready. It gets the fan base ready. While the front office says, all right, guys, and, I, and I've done this before, where you speak to the team and you say, hey, we're in the middle of June. We're supposed to be way better. If we don't start getting better soon, you're making the decision for us. We're not going to bring you help unless you show that you've done it yourself and that you're ready for help or that there's actually a chance. When the St. Louis Cardinals have a record that's better than only the Royals and the A's, the decision's been made. The Cardinals have lost their way just a tad, but one bad year. Do you know they've only finished under 500 once since 2000? If you're a Cardinal fan, don't be upset. Don't be angry. Don't be disappointed. Be grateful. Be grateful of the run that you've had in the past 23 years. It's been incredible. So this is the time of year when owners start to think about what they're doing. They got the baseball people trying to convince them one way or the other. Go back to some past episodes. We'll have future episodes about the trade deadline, talking about what teams are in, what teams are out, who are the surprises, what's sustainable. We'll start going through all of that. When owners meetings, which are taking place right now in New York, it is an opportunity for media to get to owners and to get owners to talk. John Fisher did not speak to media yesterday, and we're going to talk about the A's in a a bit this show. But one owner who decided to talk who doesn't talk often is the owner of the Yankees. Hal Steinbrenner is the son of George Steinbrenner, the longtime owner of the Yankees who bought the team in 73 for a pittance and built a conglomerate. George Steinbrenner was the type of owner who would fire managers. We learned from the best. All, all our owner wanted to be and all I loved being is the thought of being Steinbrenner. Just fire managers, bring in players, get rid of players, MF players, although our owner did not do that. He left that to me. But Hal Steinbrenner is not his dad. Hal Steinbrenner has showed patience. He has shown that he did not want to be, he didn't want to be George. He wanted to show positivity. He wanted to say that we believe in Boone and Cashman. We believe in our manager. We believe in our general manager. He's had the same GM Cashman's been around what, since 98? I mean, 25 years, maybe longer. It's an unheard of run in New York. It will never be matched by another GM. It's just an incredible, incredible run. But Steinbrenner started talking about players this week. We did not like owners talking specifically about players because you put yourself in a hole and the Yankees have been in a hole about their shortstop, Anthony Volpe, for the entire season. He's the one who everyone, all the fans and the media in New York. Hey, we gotta have him make the team out of spring training. This is Jeter reincarnated. This is our guy, we've got him. First of all, Don't ever say to a rookie that you're gonna replace a hall of famer and you're gonna be on that trajectory and we're looking for you to be the captain. Don't do that. It's too much pressure for anybody. It is a unicorn that can handle that. And to think that you have the unicorn, silly thought. Steinbrenner actually came out and said, Because now people, of course, are thinking that Volpe is not playing well. And why isn't he being sent down? We could bring up another prospect, Baratza, let him play. What are the Yankees doing? We're sitting here in third place. We need to make a change. And I get that Hal Steinbrenner does not want to be like George. I get that people who run teams do not act like fans. And if they do, they're going to be among them. If they do, their team is not going to win. But what you're looking for for a player, if they're not performing, is up here. The brain, how's he doing? What's he like in the clubhouse? Is he eating after the game? Is he joking around in the showers? Is he being playful during BP? What's he doing on the field when he gets frustrated? Is he bringing his offensive frustrations into the field? Volpe, not only, is not hitting well but also not fielding well and on top of that showing frustration throwing helmets down doing things some players are helmet throwers and if you're a helmet thrower you've been a helmet thrower the whole way and then we don't look at helmet throwing as a sign of frustration that's just who you are we would never look at mike lowell or jeff conine and say hey They're throwing their helmets. They've lost their confidence. It's what they do. When you've got a player who doesn't do it and starts doing it, that's when you know there's been a change. And that's when you know you've got to do something. So Hal Steinbrenner decided, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell him how much we love him. We're going to tell him that he's our guy. Don't worry about the slump. Don't feel pressure. We've got you. He literally said, I told Anthony at the end of spring training, Time out. don't ever talk to players during spring training and promise them what's gonna happen during the season. It's asinine. You don't know what's gonna happen during the season. Why would you say something to a player where you could end up not telling the player the truth and that impacts the player even more? Or if you don't want to lie to the player or change your mind, then all of a sudden you can't make a decision that's in the best interest in the team. So just don't do that i told anthony at the end of spring training i said you were starting shortstop of the new york yankees didn't you picture him with the f word in between you are the starting shortstop of the new york freaking yankees this isn't a three-week trial he said nobody gets a three-week trial out of spring training by the way so you're going to be that through the ups and through the potential downs and they're probably will be downs so one thing when you're talking to baseball players is that you don't need the caveat of potential downs or probably downs every player in the hall of fame has slumped at one point in every season there is not a player who doesn't go through a down forget during a career i'm talking about during a season so we don't really try to differentiate by saying, hey, just be, be aware there could be some downs. It's more like, let's talk about what you're gonna do when there are the downs that are coming. Aaron Boone, at the request of Cashman and Steinbrenner, talked about Anthony and said, my belief in Anthony is that the cream is going to rise to the top. I believe in his ability and the person That he's going to be an outstanding player in this game so if you are a rebuilding team retooling tanking i am all in for as long a leash as you want to give when you are the new york freaking yankees you don't have that leash we are here to win now We're not here to take care of the feelings of players or to let them know that we've got them or to not change our minds when we told them during spring training. That's not what the Yankees should be doing. Why are they going out of their way? The Yankees were famous over my 18 years. They do this better than anybody. We tried to emulate this. They talk up their prospects more than any team in baseball. The New York Yankees telling you they've got a good prospect is the same as me telling you that you're an Eskimo and you need ice and I'm gonna sell it to you. Don't listen to anything the Yankees say about their prospects. It is absolutely meaningless, but it's awesome what they're doing. They build them up and build them up to try to use them as trade capital, and then the majority of them end up stinking. We took a page out of their playbook And we had, as part of the Marlins way, wink, wink, we said we will never say anything negative about our prospects. As a matter of fact, we are going to identify prospects who we don't believe are prospects, and we're gonna talk them up as though they are amazing prospects, get them into the top 30 at MLB.com prospects, top 50 Baseball America. We're gonna make sure that they are in every publication because we want teams to think, ah, We made a trade and the other team got the number 22 prospect from the Marlins. It's all made up. We have a different list, but they do it. I'll tell you what they do it. What happens if Anthony is one of those players who just can't be a Yankee? What happens if he's Carl Pavano? What happens if he's Sonny Gray? What happens if he's Aaron Hicks? Is it out of the question? that's a real thing there are people who just don't perform in new york it's way different new york is different in every way than any other market the pressure in new york is unlike any other market in baseball is it so out of the realm of possibility what would be the reason to double down especially when you're steinbrenner and boone and you're looking to see what aaron hicks has done since you designated him on a team that you're competing against, by the way. What Sonny Gray has done now that he's out of New York. The Yankees have to pay attention to these things more than another team. And I don't know why they don't. It is very bizarre to me when you look at their trade deadline moves, even if you go to last year, their trade deadline moves. I can't say they worked out great, bringing in Benatendi got hurt, Montas, ineffective and hurt. To the point that Hal Steinbrenner had to acknowledge this year that our deadline last year was ineffective. And deadlines can be ineffective for lack of performance, Rodney. They can be ineffective for not being able to play in New York. Or they can be ineffective because your team just wasn't ready to win. So my message to the New York Yankees is that your fan base loves you for spending money. It doesn't take a genius to go sign Carlos Rodon. It doesn't take a genius to bring in Aaron Judge and to keep Aaron Judge and to give him the money to make sure he doesn't leave during free agency. It doesn't take a genius to trade for Giancarlo Stanton. Who wouldn't want to make that trade? The reason the Yankees have not been able to win a World Series is not because of the bad luck that is around the Yankees. It's because they've never actually built a World Series team. They've never had the complementary pieces. They've never had the right pitching. So when you do something over and over again and expect a different result, is that the Yankee way? Is that the Cardinal way? It is gonna be fascinating to see what the Yankees do as they're butting up against the Steve Cohn tax. It'll be fascinating to see what they do as they decide whether or not they realistically have a chance to win in October. Yankee fans will not accept standing pats. They will not accept being sellers. But the Cardinal fans would have said the same thing. All right. When we come back, we're going to review the new Creed movie. Thank God it was available free on Prime. Spoiler alert. Glad I didn't pay to see it. But we're going to talk about Creed 3. And then we're going to give you an update to what happened in Oakland. The Oakland A's are moving to las vegas it's done it's been approved by everybody there's nothing more to do you don't even have to wait for the break just know it's a done deal no problem give me a break we'll be right back the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba with same game parlays live betting odds boosts and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet five bucks Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson and Matthew Coca, live every day, 8 a.m. If you want to watch, even if you're on the West Coast, just go to YouTube, Nothing Personal with David Sampson, and hit subscribe And then you can watch or you can listen because Coca makes sure that this podcast is available every day around 9.15 Eastern and we come to you every day. There may be a vacation coming up, but not yet, not yet. So I watch a movie every day and I watch Creed 3. Have I told you my Rocky story, Coca? I don't know if I told you the Rocky story. When I was online, back you back in the day, you had to wait online to get into a movie, not just to buy tickets, but then they recued you as you were waiting to get into the theater and no one had reserved seats. And so the stress was, come on, we gotta get there early. We'll just stand there, we'll eat some popcorn, some candy. We'll get high or, or drunk or whatever we're gonna do or nothing, doesn't matter. And we're gonna st- sit and wait. And what happens is they hold you in a pet, like a bullpen area outside the theater lined up while the movie that was playing, the same movie prior, is finishing. And then the credits roll, people walk out, they clean it. When I was waiting in line, do I say online or in line? I think when I was waiting online. Some people say in line. I can't remember what I say, but there's a difference. Sort of like soda and pop. Someone walked out of Rocky II and spoiled it. And that's when there were there was no internet, there was no internet spoilers, but someone was yelling, hey, Balboa wins. And no one knew that at the time. Anyway, Creed Three. this is still a descendant of Rocky, Apollo Creed, it's a guy named Adonis Creed, played by Michael B. Jordan, not Michael Jordan Jordan, a different Michael Jordan. Creed Three stars Michael Jordan and this guy, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors plays a childhood friend, and then there's a jail time, and then there's a reconnection, and then there's a battle, a heavyweight battle, enemies, friends, lovers, countrymen. It's an entire boxing movie that has the generic, gonna fly now. The thing that they played at the garden all those years back when the Knicks were good. There's only one thing I want you to do, and it's Talia Shire, Adrian. There's only one thing I want you to do, win, and then dun 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 dun. And you see Sylvester Stallone all steroided out with his sweatpants running up the steps, and there's now a there's now an actual statue of Rocky Balboa on the top of the stairs where he ran. Is it in Phil? It's in Philadelphia. Anyway, they had that same scene, but now it's. Instead of Rocky chasing chickens, it's Adonis Creed pulling airplanes and trucks and one-handed push-ups, and they show his body all oiled up, steroids. Believe me, you don't get that body. If you saw Michael Jordan right now, if that really is what his body is, it ain't natural. But do you know that you can draw ribs like they did on Ryan Gosling? You could actually put ribs in, put a six pack in after the fact so for all of the people who believe their bodies aren't good enough because of what they see on social media or what they see on the movie screen, the silver screen, I've got a surprise for you. Not true. It's the movies. So Creed Three was ready, big budget, ready to release. Everything's going great. And all of a sudden, one of the stars, Jonathan Majors, got arrested. And he was arrested on charges of domestic violence. There've been a bunch of people who have come forward and accused him of things. And then all of a sudden that was it. That was it for the promotion. How many times have we seen, just so you know, if you look at the, on YouTube right now, the Creed Three poster, it's just him. It's just Michael Jordan. Look at those muscles. How many times have we seen where a movie can't get promoted? The Flash is a great example. Now they're promoting the heck out of it. But there was a time when Ezra Miller, they weren't gonna promote The Flash at all. They weren't gonna let Ezra Miller out in public. He just was out in public for the first time. Or a Kevin Spacey movie and then he gets arrested. Or any type of movie with anybody and all of a sudden there's an issue with Woody Allen. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. Very, very upsetting to investors. Very, very upsetting to the other actors it's a thing it would be the equivalent and i was thinking about this last night as we were putting the show together in sports if one person does something to get arrested or they get released like the dodgers with trevor bauer who by the way a fourth accuser came forward he had to do a whole statement that's a story we're not going to talk about because i don't want to give him any oxygen except for this 30 seconds of oxygen which is saying come on man enough of your statement saying that everybody who's saying what you're doing is not true. It would be the equivalent of having a player have a problem, get arrested, this year it was was Ozuna with DUI or last year with domestic violence. And then all of a sudden the team just shuts down. They stop doing any marketing, no more giveaways, no more bark at the park, no more mugs and hats. It's very bizarre. In the movie industry, they go on lockdown. In the sports industry, we go on, hey, see you later. And here's the difference that I came up with. In sports, when you have a guy that you have to get rid of, you get rid of him, you take their locker away, we can do this in two minutes, it's amazing. There's like rehearsals inside the clubhouse. All right, we just sent down a guy, we're bringing a guy up, let's go. Empty the locker, pack his stuff, get the new locker in, Get him his shorts, his new uniform, his BP stuff, get him his hat, and you are good to go. How fast can you do it? In the movies, he can't because the guy's in the movie. Like Army Hammer, remember him? The crazy Army Hammer? The guy from, oh God, with Timothy Chalamet. Call me by your name. Remember, he was in a movie this year and he's the one who's a cannibal and he's beyond canceled. He likes eating his women and he likes chewing them and sort of stuff that you probably don't want to do, especially without permission, which is everything. There's a scene in a new show, Coca. uh, Have I talked about the Seth Rogen show Platonic yet on this show? Seth Rogen is in platonic on Apple TV plus. I've been watching it, it's fine with Rose Byrne, but there's a scene where he is saying to a girl he's trying to hook up with, he's newly divorced and he wants her to like sign a paper in advance. And it takes the romance out, but it's the right thing to do. You wanna make sure there's consent. You wanna make sure it's real consent. The consent can be given, but it certainly can ruin a mood when you stop in the middle as you're about to, you know, hit a home run and you say, hey, just wanna make sure we're good. I like the idea having daughters. I even like the idea of having a son. I don't know why I just thought of that. Anyway, Creed Three. here's my review. Hard pass. All right, Oakland A's. I'm gonna take a breath here. I'm gonna look right in the camera, put the microphone a little closer to my mouth. For anyone reporting that the Oakland A's are moving to Las Vegas, you are premature. For anyone reporting that when the governor signs the financing bill to give money toward the building of a ballpark in Las Vegas, that all that is left is for the MLB to approve the A's relocation, and that is a done deal, so therefore this is all done You are wrong. Let me try it another way. The fact that the assembly in Nevada approved financing for the Oakland A's or any major league baseball team to get tax credits, to have a tax district, $380 million toward the building of a ballpark in theory is not in any way correlated to the Oakland A's moving to Las Vegas. Let me try one more way. For a team to relocate in Major League Baseball requires not just 75% ownership approval, it requires an actual financed stadium, approved financial projections Let me try this. Why is it that you think that there's been no vote or no comment made by the commissioner's office or the owners? Why do you think that the Oakland A's released a statement after the vote that said the following? Tonight, we thank the members of the Nevada State Legislature and their staff for their hard work due diligence there was none and attention to detail as we work to bring the athletics to las vegas as we work to bring the a's to las vegas we're especially grateful for the legislators time and dedication give me a break to shepherding this bill through the process including the special session and here's the last sentence of the statement we look forward to governor lombardo's signature as our next step do you think that if that were the last step they would have said it i sure as hell would have if you know that you have permission to move if you know you've got the votes to move if you know that you have the ability to build a retractable roof facility on nine acres of land and bally's gave you the nine acres say it here's what's missing from the a's moving to vegas a stadium don't tell me about the financing being approved by the assembly and the senate and don't tell me how great it is when the governor approves it meaningless john fisher needs to get the financing for his portion that's just one step then they need to actually design a stadium the renderings that they showed you are poppycock a retractable roof building will not fit on nine acres. I don't care what anyone tells you. It is a fact. You can't fit 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag. It's not going to happen that way. Either they've got to get more acres or they've got to get baseball to approve a ballpark in Vegas without a roof no chance toilet pants a ballpark in vegas has to have a roof don't tell me that it'll be partially retractable but they'll do some air-conditioned seats it doesn't work las vegas during the summer is miami during the summer this is not the golden knights You think that baseball owners and the commissioner are idiots? Just because they have bad PR from time to time, they're not stupid. The guarantee of success of a baseball team in Vegas is not guaranteed. This is not 41 games inside a T-Mobile arena in hockey. This is not eight to nine games at the football stadium with the Vegas Raiders. You're talking about trying to get 30,000 people 81 times? Forget my view of the Nevada members of the legislature. Forget the fact that they know nothing, they were told nothing, and the fact that they voted for this is not based on anything real that they can expect. Nothing. They won't draw 2.4 million. They're not gonna host the World Baseball Classic and the All-Star Game every single year. The concerts, believe me, people would much rather play at T-Mobile Arena or at the stadium. I started this. We built Marlins Park and we said, we're gonna get concerts galore. It's gonna be amazing. Yes, we've had Guns N' Roses and Joel Osteen, and yes, you get a few events. People on tour going to Vegas are not gonna look at a baseball stadium open air, or even one with a retractable roof where newsflash, the acoustics are B-A-Triple-D. They're not lining up to do it, and if they do, it's a couple events a year at most. All of the economic analysis that was given to you is not accurate, and it doesn't matter that the Senate and the Assembly got misled. It doesn't matter that they're wrong. What matters is that baseball knows the difference. And if you are going to put a team in vegas whether it's expansion or relocated it's got to be with a well capitalized plan john fisher can't just write the check for the stadium and not have a plan for what to do with payroll john fisher has to prove that if if there's a team in vegas that's his and if they don't hit the financial projections which they won't What is he going to do to fund it to make sure that there's a reasonable amount of both revenue and payroll? None of that has happened yet. It is one thing for Rob Manfred to say how happy he is that there is progress in Vegas. It is one thing for the A's to say we've done it. It's one thing for the media to say it's done. But in the real world of Major League Baseball and its owners and deals like relocation There are 20 steps left to go before the A's relocate to Vegas. And if you think that a new ballpark is going to be ready in 2027 in Las Vegas, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't because it ain't going to happen. So stay with me. I promise we'll have more on this story because I don't see anyone out there giving you the truth about how relocation works. If Oakland or MLB were so sure, that may be the worst statement of all time. Even the mayor of Oakland came out last night and said Oaklanders know better than anyone that it's a long road between state legislation and shovels in the ground. Why? Because the A's already got state legislation in California. They were this close to a deal at the Howard Terminal, which still could happen. John Fisher just keeps digging a hole for himself. I had to protect our owner for 18 years, and I did it with honor, pleasure. He deserved protecting. All owners deserve protecting. But you got to be better. When you're at an owner's meeting, you have to know that the media is going to want to talk to you. And you've got to be ready to talk. You've got to have your talking points ready. John Fisher blows by the media saying, no, I got nothing to say. It would have been so simple for John Fisher to say the following. They didn't even address, I didn't even get to this, Coca. I didn't even get to the fact that the reverse boycott, is as though it didn't even happen. No acknowledgement by MLB, by Oakland, by anybody. But anyway other than donating the $800,000 and then someone thinking that $800,000 of revenue can be extrapolated over 81 games and therefore their payroll should be higher. Just absolute insanity. You can check Twitter for that. John Fisher, when he sees the media, he should have an organized scrum where his PR person is next to him and the team president, and you have it rehearsed in advance who's gonna answer what questions, because you know what the questions are gonna be. And the statement is simple. We are thankful for what took place in Nevada. We are absolutely cognizant of the hurt fans fans feel in Oakland. We continue to pursue parallel paths because above all, I have a responsibility to my partners in this room, the other 29 owners, to take care of a stadium issue that's existed for decades. And we are gonna continue to work hard to make sure that there is resolution. I have no further updates. I will give them to you as they happen. That's all you have to say. But blow by? It's embarrassing. Almost as embarrassing as the Yankees losing to the Mets last night. We're back to 593 and 93 with our pick of the day. 186 picks in and we're right where we started except for the fact that we're down money. Today we've got game to talk to you about if you're going to watch a game tonight and i don't know if you're lonely without basketball or without hockey it feels as though it's such a letdown that we had all this and now it's baseball time this is was heaven for me when i was in the game because baseball we had it to ourselves until training camp for the nfl but this is the moment and tonight is one of the best games you'll see in the regular season it is the anaheim angels of los angeles against the texas rangers and it's Otani against Ivaldi. Ivaldi's been the best pitcher in the American League so far. Otani is the clear MVP. Don't talk to me about Aaron Judge. Don't talk to me about anybody. Otani's winning an MVP again. Should be three in a row. Total Jokic. Should have been, but won't be. Will be two out of three. Otani has been raking. His pitching's only been okay. But when you can get Otani plus money, you do it. Otani plus 120 is the pick. Angels over the Rangers. All right, we will be back for our last show of the week. Tomorrow is Friday. It's been a week. A lot has gone on. I'm going to be doing Levitard Live at 9 o'clock on their YouTube in about 15 minutes. Until then, we'll be back tomorrow. It's just business. This is nothing personal. <laughs>